Hi, and welcome to the Millennial Preacher Podcast with your host, Ryan Roberts. I hope today is positive and encouraging, but I also hope the day is challenging and brings you to an even deeper level in your relationship with the Lord. Or maybe you don't have one. I pray today will get you a little curious. I'm excited about what's going on, so let's get going with today's show. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Millennial Preacher. I'm excited that you're with me today. I hope you're having a wonderful week, wonderful weekend, a great day, a great night, whatever. Whenever you're listening to this, I hope you're enjoying yourself, and I hope you're enjoying summer. Since the last time we talked, every the season's changed, and it is officially summertime, which in Georgia means hot and muggy weather. But that's not always a bad thing because at least we can go outside. It's not freezing cold. At least we can go swimming. Maybe you're a lake person. Whatever it is that you do this summer, I hope you have a wonderful time. Maybe you get to go on vacation, etc., etc. But let's get into today's topic. I'm talking about motivation. I'm actually talking about checking your motivation. You know, I'm nobody special. I don't claim to be, but I have been in the church world for quite some time, and I've actually been in ministry, quote-unquote, for about eight years now. I've been a part of really large churches, really small churches, and everything in between. I've founded a house church. I've served in churches that had a global uh, impact. I've been able to do those things by the grace of God. And just like all things, there are benefits and there are downsides when you get exposed to certain things like that. And one of the not-so-good things is the fact that you see a lot of the real and you see a lot of the fake. You get to meet some of the greatest men and women of God, but you also get to see some of the shady characters and ongoings, and you see these different things. And just like whatever your business is, maybe you're not in church, but maybe you're part of a company, if you're inside of the inner workings of an organization, a company, a church, a ministry, a school, whatever, you probably get to know some of the quote-unquote family secrets. You get to hear some of the things that maybe not everyone gets to hear, and you get to see some of the things that maybe not everyone gets to see. And just like that famous Spider-Man quote, with great power comes great responsibility. However, here is my question. My question to myself, my question to you as a listener, where is the line drawn? Where is the line drawn? Now, obviously, if that person is signing your paychecks, it's a little bit difficult to check them. But I'm not saying to completely pull the rug out from under your boss or especially not your pastor or your teacher or your leader or the team head or whatever the case may be. But there has to be some type of systems of checks and balances. Now, I don't believe that the church model that we have in the Bible is a democracy, and I don't believe that it's a republic. You know, in in a democracy, everybody gets a vote, and in a republic, which is actually what the United States is, we're a democratic republic, we vote for people to vote for 
our decisions. They are actually the ones that are making the bulk of our choices and decisions as a nation. That's not the way the church, I believe, is supposed to be ran, because that's not the way that it was ran in the earliest days of the church that we have on record in the book of Acts. There were certain people who were ordained by God to lead the church. There were there was a head, there was a pastor, and then there was this term uh, deacon, and that term deacon actually translates into a leader, an over Overseer is the term that they use for pastors back in those days, in case you're curious. And so when I read the letters that, that Paul wrote to the different churches and the different pastors, you have to understand, is he talking to the, the overseer, the pastor? Is he talking to the deacon, the leaders within that church that are supposed to be serving the church of the community? Or is he talking to the church body? Or is he talking to that individual church group because they are in many ways two different things. I don't mean that for that to be confusing, but let's just let's just go down this rabbit trail for a few moments. There has to be a proper system of checks and balances. Now here's what I believe also. I believe that if you have chosen to submit underneath a senior pastor and you've made that decision, that conscious decision, you have to understand that you have decided that this man, that this person, that they are going to be the spiritual head, the, the spiritual lead outside, of course, Jesus, who is the great high priest. He is the true pastor of the church. He is the true head of the church. But this man, you believe, has been ordained to help uh, cast vision and mission and to lead that that tribe, that group within the body of Christ. And so you've made that conscious decision. Now, where's the line? For me, the line is drawn here. When that man or that woman, whoever the person is, goes against what the Bible says. And how do you know when it's against what the Bible says? Well, first of all, everything should line up to the word. Now, listen, I'm a pastor. We make mistakes. We're not perfect. We are not God incarnate, anything like that. We, that's not the way, the way it is. However, we should be listening to the Holy Spirit. We should be studying the scriptures to show, show ourselves approved. That's all 100% biblical. And so if we're not doing that, if we're not obeying the Holy Spirit's voice, which would always line up to the Word of God, then there's an issue and then there is a problem. And that's when there has to be somebody to call out that supposed man or woman of God. Now, in most church settings... And it's always been like this in every organization I've been in. There is a group. Some churches call this group the deacons. Some call them leaders. Some call them elders. Some call them advisors. Some call them all these different terminology. But in the end of the day, that is supposed to be the group that, uh, that provides that system of checks and balances. They are supposed to hold that pastor, that leader, that ministry head accountable for what they say and what they do. But so often... We see great, wonderful ministries and churches and organizations who have placed on their board a bunch of yes men and or yes women, if they believe in that. They have put people in place that are not going to disagree with them, and if someone disagrees with them, they are reprimanded or thrown off of the board, and that's one of the things that I don't understand about the organization of the church. Maybe somebody could help me with that. But that's where I'm at, and that's where that line is drawn for me. Now, here's the deal. Again, a pastor is not perfect. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, I've never promised that I was ever going to be perfect whenever I've led a youth ministry or a group of people. I've always actually told them, I promise you I will not be perfect. And I promise you that at some point I will in unintentionally fail you and let you down. However, I will do my absolute very best to obey the voice of God and to study His Word. And again... I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes. I've said dumb things, and I've made dumb choices, and sometimes that resulted in some very poor decisions. However, I believe that with God's help, He has surrounded me with the right people that can hold me accountable, that can pull me into the office and respectfully but but clearly tell me when I'm not doing things right. And here's the thing. We will have a discussion in that moment. And there has been a, at least one occasion that I can think of in my in my life, in my ministry, where I've had somebody pull me in and sit me down and say, Listen, Pastor, I love you. I respect you, but I think this was not right, something that I had said. And after after really considering, I realized very quickly that that was not what God would want, and so I completely changed my opinion in my mind. I apologized, and I fixed it. That's the way it's supposed to work because I'm a man. Now, I believe I'm a man ordained by God. That doesn't make me higher than everyone else. That doesn't make me better than anyone else. That actually puts a whole lot more responsibility on myself as it does any man or woman of God who holds a ministerial office. But again, where is the line? Now, here's something else. Sometimes things appear really, really good. Sometimes things can appear really awesome. In fact, those things are called smoke and mirrors. They're deceptions. And here's where a deception happens. When a man or a woman of God, instead of being motivated by the mission that the that God gave us, that Jesus Christ gave us, is he's not motivated by that, but instead his motivation has become his own selfish gain and desires at that moment it is not god it is not god ordained and it is destined to fail it may not fail by a world standard it may attract a whole lot of people it may attract a whole lot of money it may make a whole lot of deals however if it is not motivated by god it is not right and i personally would call that sin because that is contrary to the holy spirit and the holy spirit would never lead you astray or lead anybody astray and that is what happens so often we're all subject to it, guys. If you're a Christian, you are subject to having poor motivation and not being motivated by the Holy Spirit. You have a choice. You have free will. I believe that wholeheartedly. And when you do something contrary to the perfect will of God, you stepped out of line. Now, again, you're not going to be perfect. I, I have yet to meet a man or a woman of any age, of uh, uh, no matter how long they've been in the church, I have yet to meet someone who woke up one morning and an angel flew down and put their pants on for them. That person does not exist. That person is not perfect. Even Billy Graham didn't know what Jesus looked like face to face until he saw him one day. And so you are not going to wake up perfect. I'm not saying that. We all slip. We all fall. And praise God, there is always grace. But grace has to be coupled with truth. And I'm saying, pastor, leader, minister, man and women of God, men and women of God, where is your motivation? 
If you are leading a ministry, if you are leading a church, I don't care if it's children ministry, children's ministries. I don't care if you're serving coffee at the cafe in your church. If you are doing something that is motivated the opposite of God, then it is not right. Now, what is an opposite motivation of God? Well, here's one. To make a whole bunch of money. Now, listen. I personally... Don't have a problem with a pastor or a ministry leader making a bunch of money and living in a nice house and being able to take their family on vacation and being able to do those things. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the day that that motivation became solely on how much money is in the bank account and how big the house is. That right there is not of God. Now, I believe in prosperity. I'm just going to tell you, and maybe I lost some followers, but I believe in prosperity. I believe in the biblical principle of prosperity. Now, here's the thing. Prosperity, in my personal opinion, and this is from my perception of life, may not always come monetarily. It may not always come by big bucks and fancy cars and diamond rings. Maybe it does sometimes, but not always. Sometimes I believe prosperity can be a greater understanding of a certain principle. Maybe can be a certain uh, ministerial position. Maybe prosperity can be uh, a promotion at work. Maybe prosperity can be uh, a positive home life, not having to worry all the time. Maybe prosperity is mental clarity. Maybe it's emotional stability. Prosperity may not always be money. That's not the definition of prosperity. But I do believe in the pressed down, shaken together prosperity that comes from God when we choose to obey and give beyond our 10%. I believe those things. But where is the motivation? Now, here's the thing. Let's just say, and I do intend to, I, I'm actually working on it right now, but let's just say, I'll use myself as an example, that I am writing a book. Let's just say that I've spent countless hours and countless days and weeks writing this book. Now, let's say that my motivation was pure. My motivation was because I believe God wanted me to write it, because I'm, I need to get the message out there of whatever God inspired me to write down. That is a pure motivation. And I pray that I, I sell billions of copies. Now, that may or may not happen, but I pray that I do because I believe that that was what I was supposed to do. But if I don't make bank off of that book, if I don't sell the billions of copies, I sell three copies, does that mean that the book was in vain? No, because I obeyed the voice of God. Now, let's flip the script. Let's say that my motivation was the opposite. And I wrote the book believing that I was going to make a lot of money and I was going to make a name for myself because my name is on the front cover. And that is the only reason I wrote the book. That is not God. I may, I may sell a billion of those books. I may make a million dollars off of those books, but that's not from God. That was myself. That was ill motivation. That was not purity. And as a pastor, as a man of God, as someone who, who believes that I have a call on my life, which one am I supposed to obey? Where am I at on the scale? 
Now, again, there's grace, guys. I'm not trying to to condemn anyone, but I am praying that somebody, maybe it's me, that somebody feels the conviction of the Holy Spirit on their heart, on their life, and they make the decision today not to repent to me, but to repent to God, repent to the church possibly, and change things for the better. Because I'm telling you, if your motivation is the opposite of God, it's not right and you are leading people astray but praise god praise god there's grace what's up everybody i wanted to take just a break and say thank you so much for being a loyal listener i also wanted to let you know that you can find the millennial preacher podcast on your apple devices on the apple podcast you can also find us on stitcher and on sprecher Be sure to share this on your social media platforms with all of your family and friends. And now let's get right back into today's episode. You may be saying, where is is all this coming from? This doesn't sound like the normal podcast show. This isn't the normal super calm Ryan Roberts. Well, I told you at the very beginning of this podcast adventure that we were going to be covering the tough topics. We're going to talk about things that most pastors, most preachers, and most ministries refuse to talk about. Well, this is one of them. Nobody wants to talk about motivation because then they might be called out someday. Well, you know, again, I have people that thank God that is in my life that have the permission and the ability to call me out when I do something dumb. Again, I'm a human, and I know that there's there's going to be times that that happens. But if I ever get to a point or a place where I refuse to obey God, and I'm doing things based off of my own abilities and my own motivation, then I pray that I have at least one person that will tell me straight, that will tell me the truth. I mean, this whole thing is not about myself, and it's not about you, man of God. I want to read the scripture to you, Philippians 3, 7 through 9. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Listen, you can make a lot of money. I hope that that one day I have a wife and children. I hope that one day I have a nice home. I pray that I have a pretty decent, reliable car. And I pray that I'm able to take my kids to Florida. That's a pretty simple goal, but but that's something I want to be able to do. But I know that I'm called to full-time ministry, and so I believe that it's there's nothing wrong with being supported by the church. But again, the question is why? Why make the move? Everything you do has motivation behind it. I mean, think about it. Today, you may have gotten up for work. Well, what was the motivation of getting up to go to work? Well, you know you have to make money. You have to support yourself and or your family. You know that you have the responsibility to be there. And if you're not there, you're not going to get paid and you run the risk of being fired, depending on your situation. It's a motivation thing. And everything has motivation. Have you ever met someone that does not have motivation? 
maybe they're a family member, maybe they're a friend. I know that I've had people like that in my life that had 0% motivation. They didn't want to get out of bed. They didn't want to do anything. Maybe it was because they were dealing with something. So I'm not making light or making fun of of a real uh, situation. However, there are some people that are simply just not motivated. Somebody has always bailed them out and somebody has already always took care of them. Well, I believe that we can have God motivation. Well, how do you get that? Well, here's the beauty of this whole thing called Christianity. When you become a Christian, and I'm not talking about signing a contact card or checking a box or joining a church or even being baptized. I'm talking about forming a relationship with God through you repenting. That means turning away from your sinful life and turning towards Jesus and his ways. Whatever that looks like, whatever he tells you to do, you have a new life. You are a new creation in Christ, not perfected, but becoming more and more like Jesus each and every day. And that means you have a brand new motivation, and that is to serve the Lord your God. Does that mean that God doesn't like that we have family and we have hobbies and we have certain things that maybe don't have much of a much of a point to it? Well, of course not, because you have to have those things. Let's think about this. Let's say that you have a hobby of going fishing. Well, that might not have a motivation of providing. That might not have a motivation of serving God necessarily. But that is a place where you clear your head. That is a place where you can relax and get your emotions back on track and and get focused. That's just a time to take your mind off of work, stress, and different things in life that we all deal with. So that's not an unpure motivation. That, I believe, is still a pure motivation. Because if your mind's not clear, well, then you very well may become confused. And we have to guard our minds. Amen, somebody. So I don't think that doing things like that are unpure or unclean, as long as they are healthy hobbies and healthy things like that. So I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about literally when a man or a woman of God decide to do something just to make a name, just to make a dollar, and yet they neglect the very flock that God had sent them. That is not ministry. That is not God. I pray for those people. I pray for those pastors. I pray for those leaders, and I pray for those board members. I pray that somebody somewhere will feel the conviction from God and wake up and change everything. But just in case they don't, you, sir, you, ma'am, you, teenager that's listening to me right now, if you find this to be true, and I pray that you do, I pray that you recognize and realize, as do I, that when we learn something, we are now responsible for it. It is no longer ignorance. It is truth. So let that change you. Let that rest on you. I pray that you found some encouragement. I pray that you found some relief. But I also pray that you found a challenge today. Maybe if you're like me, you've took a long, hard look at your choices. Your career choices. Your goals, your dreams, your future, and your current motivations. And because of that, I pray that you will line everything up to the Word of God. Filter it through the Word, not your church. 
Not some movement, not some branded image. Don't filter it through those things. Filter it through the word because it's the only thing that is perfect and God breathed. Filter it through those things and then seek godly counsel from your pastors and from your leaders. And if they are living according to the word, they will uh, line up with what you filtered it through. I want you to know, if you haven't heard it from anyone else this week, that I love you. I pray for you, dear listener. I pray for your church. I pray for your organization, your business. I pray for whatever it is that you're doing in your life. And I pray not that you will hear my words and it will change you, but that you will hear the voice of God. Can I pray for you? Father, I thank you right now for the person listening to my voice. God, I pray, Jesus, that they didn't hear some man, some preacher, some pastor, some evangelist, or some prophet, but that they heard God today. Lord, I pray that this will cause someone, including myself, to line up everything that we do, especially in your church house, to the Word of God. And if it's contrary, if it's anything but God-breathed and God-ordained, I pray that we will quickly change and repent. God, I pray that everything we do will bring you glory. No man, no woman. God, we thank you, Jesus, that fame can be a tool. Money can be a tool when they're doing what they should to spread the gospel and preach Jesus. God, I love you. Lord, I know I'm not perfect, but I thank you, God, that through studying your word and listening to you, God, I can change and be better and more like you. Father, thank you, God, for today. Bless every single listener. God, whatever situation they're in, I pray, God, that you will show up and show out. In Jesus' name, amen. You've just listened to the Millennial Preacher Podcast with Ryan Roberts. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. Share with all of your friends and family, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. Look for brand new episodes of this podcast every Thursday. Until then, we'll see you later.